This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Andrew Bryan, Deputy Editor of NRL.com. I'm joined in the studio this week by fantasy experts Chris Kennedy and Don Brock. Boys, I'm back. It's been two weeks. I haven't had any sleep. There's been plenty of tantrums, cries, and I've also had a baby girl. Boom, boom. <laughs> I was right. going to say, very similar over here as well. No sleep and lots of tantrums. All right, bad jokes aside, let's get straight into the biggest talking points ahead of round three. And there's been plenty of carnage and chaos in NRL Fantasy. The latest in league. Let's start with Jared Hayne. He's out for at least a month. Yeah, he's been obviously a little bit disappointing in terms of work rate so far. Um, I guess you could make the excuse that he's working his way back into it. People are saying he doesn't look all that interested. I don't know if that's a little bit harsh or not, but he's now out for, for four to six weeks with a, uh, a high ankle sprain. Um, he's, I don't think he's an absolute must sell. I think he's probably going to come back at some point and he's probably going to make some money. Um, again, probably not going to go to 2014 heights, but um, if you can carry him that, that length of time, he's probably going to make you some cash in the future. But the, the question is, do you really want to, um, given there are so many other money-making options in the, the wing fullback and centre positions at the moment? Yeah, I think it depends on your, on your squad which players you have already, which players you want to get. Um, as you say, Haynes still pretty cheap. His break-even's uh, mid-20s, I think, still. So he's almost certainly going to make more money when he comes back. Um, but it could be, as you say, four or six weeks away. So it's a, it's a trade or sell up to you. He's only 212000 so he's not, like, costing you the bank either. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he's not taking up a chunk of your salary cap. Yeah, and we know his potential is so great. Um, back in his Stallion season a few years ago, he averaged, I think, 60 points, a bit more. Um, Unlikely to get that, you know, to, to do that well again this year. But, you know, the, the potential's there to make money. If you can hold him, I think do hold him. But there's so many cheapies as we'll come to shortly. Also, given that, um, and probably guys we're going to talk about, but Idris is out, Talakai got dropped last week, Corey Norman's out for a week. There's a lot of other spot fires to put out as well. So whether you can just have that red dot in your, in your team as well is another question. I guess uh, the, the key in for Melbourne Storm, Billy Slater, there's been a lot of questions. His 210000 comparable price, could you just bring in Billy Slater? You could. I certainly won't be. Um, I mean, there's the obvious issue that he's played, what is it, seven games in two years with his shoulder. He's now, what is he, 34, 34-year-old fullback. Um, is he going to be as good as he was? Like, obviously, he's a champion. He's the best fullback I've ever seen. I don't know if he's ever going to get back to his best. But even if he does get back to something like his best, he was never a, a massive fantasy scorer. He was never that, you know, two of us, Ashek Tedesco, Jared Hayne, just, you know, tackle-breaking, run-making machine. He's more of that, you know, Darius Boyd, like a lot of quality without a lot of base stats. Yeah, you, you think if everything goes well with Slater, if he does, even if he does stay fit for the rest of the year, which is a question mark, he probably scores 30, 30. 35 points a game, and if you hold Hain and he goes worse than expected, he still probably scores 30 or 35 points a game. So money-wise in the long run, I don't think there's a lot to gain out of going Hain to Slater, and with the injury doubts, I'd wait at least a week before thinking about it. I guess the bigger news for NRL fantasy coaches, probably everyone in this room included, is with Billy Slater back, Riley Jacks, our favourite half that was making a tonne of cash, he's already made 49000 averaging 37 he gets bumped out because Cameron Munster just gets shifted straight in the 5-8 role. What do we do there? Yeah, it's a headache. Um, I think you have to... Well, you probably hold at this point. He hasn't made that much money that it's worth trading him out for a cheaper player yet. Um, and as we've spoken about, Slater's not the, uh, the safest option fitness-wise for the long term considering how much time he's missed. So if he gets injured again or if Munster gets injured, uh, Jax, you'd expect, would come straight back in and make some more cash for your team. 
again, it's the uh, the question of how many red dots can you carry on. Speaking personally, and I know a lot of people in the same position, I've lost Corey Norman this week, and because I'm a bit silly, I started off with Jai Field, uh, Jay Field, sorry. So I've I've actually got to make a trade just to yeah. field two halves this week, which is a little, little bit annoying. So I'm probably going to go Jacks to I don't know Tyler Cornish or someone's about all I can afford. But um, yeah, Jacks obviously not a, an urgent sell given he's got a negative break even and the big potential to come back at some point soon. It's just if you can afford to have the red dot while you wait. You talked about Norman and we sort of heard wind about this sort of lunchtime yesterday that he was going to be out for a week. He's been averaging 62, 490k. This has hurt a lot of teams and a lot of teams are going to be short in that halves position. I think I'm starting with LG and Hinganu this week because there's nothing I can do. Yeah, it's a real headache. Just It should just be for one week by the sound of things. Hamstring injury, um, hopefully it's not a thing that keeps recurring throughout the year. I think in pre-season he had some hamstring problems as well. Um, you've got to hold him if you've got him. He's one of the best halves in fantasy this year. Started the season on fire, so just cope this week if you can. Can I just go off on a little tangent here about how much I love Brad Arthur? Because if this was Melbourne or South, he would have named an unchanged team and Robson would be in Jersey 21 and we wouldn't find out until 3pm on Saturday that Norman isn't playing. And all the coaches like me that are relying on Norman, it'd suddenly be, you know, you've already made two trades and they're probably locked in. You'd be tearing your hair out and you lose a player. Brad Arthur knows he's not playing. No Ducks and Drakes. Just know we're in the 21, this is what's happening. So as a, as a fantasy coach, you've got to respect Kudos. what yeah. Brad Arthur does. And he says it's just because of that short turnaround. They're playing on Friday night against the Titans, and that's mm. the reason he's not playing. Yeah, exactly. He had a bit of a hammy tweak in the nines. It restricted his, uh, his preseason. He didn't play the trials. He's obviously been a little bit down on match fitness despite playing absolutely out of his skin the first couple of weeks. Just the five-day turnaround is a little bit much for that, that dodgy hammy. So it's only one week. He's a definite hold. I'm holding him. Just means I've got to find another half for this week. So uh, like yourself, I think I'm going uh, LG and... Tyler Cornish in the halves, which is definitely not the uh, the ideal option. All right, the big one for the Canberra Raiders, Jared Croker back, obviously got injured in the NRL All-Stars, and it looked a bad injury, but he's only missed a couple of weeks. But that also means that Whitehead moves out of the centres. Yeah, it's good news if you've got Elliot Whitehead. Um, not many people do, which is a good thing, because his scores have been terrible in the first he's two weeks. He's lost 85,000 in yeah, two weeks. Yeah, exactly. So his time in the centres hasn't helped his fantasy scores. Um, it does mean his price has dropped a lot and will keep dropping, you would think, for the next few weeks. So he's one to look out for in maybe three or four weeks' time. Mm, his break-even, was it 90 or something? 92. At so yeah. at the moment, he's in the flops category. But once he returns to the second row, yeah. just give him a couple of weeks, you reckon? Yeah, so even back-to-back 60s now, he's still going to shed some more cash. So I reckon two or three weeks, he'll be a perfect uh, trade-in for someone like a, you know, a Felice Cafusi or someone like that who's probably just about ready to sell by then or a Curtis Sirenen or someone. So one guy who was named but not in the starting side, Valentine Holmes. He looks good value if he plays, but he's named in the reserves for the Sharks this week at 301000 yeah, there's too many question marks over the Sharks' backs at the moment. I think Jared Beal's gone actually quite well at fullback. I thought he was probably their best player in a disappointing team in the World Club game and probably also in round one. Jack Bird killed it at fullback in round two when they smashed the Raiders. Um, obviously, there's a few other guys. They've got you know, three guys that can play fullback, really, in um, Bird and Holmes and the other guy, Beal. which is Beal that I just <laughs> talked about. <laughs> And um, I, I really don't know which way Flanner's going to go. I kind of suspect that uh, Valentine Holmes won't get the fullback jersey, and if he stays in the wing, there's obviously no upside to him. Yeah, definitely don't buy him this week. Um, yeah, even even if he gets the fullback spot, it could be a case of switching him out in a week or two anyway. So so it's a wait and see. And Jamal Idris dropped from the Tigers. It's an interesting one. He was playing off the bench, but not playing many minutes. Most, nearly everyone in NRL fantasy has him. He's 151,000. But what, what's going on there? Well, it, they had to make a call, really. They had to either start him at centre or drop him to reserve grade this week. You can't play a 
our reserve centre every week, use up a bench spot. So They're saying he's injured. They're saying it's a foot injury and he's not available to play. So I don't think he's been named in the sure, team. Okay. Right? So he's out for a week. The, I mean, the annoying thing is he's really cheap. He hasn't played particularly well and he's still scored high teens in 40-odd minutes. So he's averaging 40 minutes and 17 points. So if he gets 80-minute games in the centres, that escalates to, what is it, mid-30s, you'd think. If he just keeps up those base... And that's without scoring any tries or line break assists or anything particularly yeah. damaging. So you're talking about a 35-point-a-game centre for 150 grand. So if he gets his match fitness back and gets a starting spot, it's pretty easy money. Yeah, definitely hold him if you've got him. Um, it's unfortunate there's so many of these guys who are either missing or injured this week that you have to probably trade some of them. Um, so just cross your fingers that he'll be back in the starting team at some point soon. A lot of carnage I talked about at the top, and the Cowboys have certainly been hit hard. Matt Scott's out for the season, even though he got off his shoulder charge. Talking about shoulder charges, Jason Tamalolo didn't get off his, so he's out for two weeks. you got Lachlan Coote with a calf injury and Antonio Winnerstein with a broken arm. There's a lot to talk about at the Cowboys at the moment. Yeah, there's heaps. Uh, Matt Scott, a few people were jumping on because they were thinking his work rate might go up with, um, with Hannon Tamo. and Tamo both having gone. Um, I didn't really see a lot of potential movement for Matt Scott. He was already a, a go-to guy last year. I think we said on the podcast that he wasn't really a great option. That he wasn't scoring any better before he got injured. So if you do have him, he's not clear he's a sell now that he's injured. Um, I don't know what that does to the minutes in the forward pack. Pat Kafusi is starting now. His uh, points per minute rate isn't really much better than his brother. Um, maybe the increase in minutes might see him make a little bit of money, but he's not someone I can really justify bringing in at this point. I yeah, think. I think he was playing decent minutes anyway. Um, so I can't see a huge amount of improvement in him there. Um, the big question, and we'll probably talk about him later, is uh, whether Cohen Hess is going to, take on more of the workload um, he's still a bench forward at this point we don't know if he's going to start at lock with Tomalolo out for two weeks or if Fensum who's been waiting as 18th man the last couple of weeks will come straight in you know who knows the other thing we've missed there is that Kalen Ponga who was one player a lot of people wanted to get a go you know in round one has finally been picked to replace Lachlan Coop but it's probably only going to be for two weeks maybe three weeks He's a great talent, but it's probably not really worth trading him in just for a short period. Yeah, well, Ponga was just about the most owned player before the um, the round one teams came out. His ownership obviously dropped when he wasn't named. Um, now that he's in, he's, he's come in in a week where there's a lot of other rookie winger fullbacks available um, quite cheap. Um, and he's got probably the worst job security of almost any of them with someone, Lachlan Coote, coming back in two or three weeks to take his spot. So I don't think I can justify picking up Ponga this week. OK, we'll touch on cash cows in a second, but the last one that I wanted to look at was at the Warriors. With Bodine Thompson coming back and Jacob Lilliman returning, that pushes some popular uh, you know, point-of-difference players in Bunny Afoa, who was averaging 48 and 334 grand, and Charlie Gubb back to the bench. So you think that their time as cash cows might be limited now? Yeah, it must be just about up for those two. Um, I imagine they're still going to make money for another week or two, but um, they always had pretty sh- short-term job security in the starting team mm. with those stars ready to come back in the pack. Yeah, we've discussed previously that, that Gubb and Afoa are both going to have guys potentially coming back to, to take their spots. It's a shame for Afoa because he looks like a really good worker in terms of fantasy. Um, it does open up a bit of an opportunity for Birdine Thompson, who's in a, a little bit of the Elliott Whitehead category of having shed a, a bunch of cash at the start of the year. He's still got a high break even, so he's definitely one to look out for in the next couple of weeks when his price drops out. Cash cow. <laughs> All right, let's, let's talk about the cash cows now. And obviously with the Bulldogs, they've lost Holland and Hopawate. And so you think popular this week is going to be Marcello Montoya, Brad Abbey starting at fullback, both come in at 138 grand. They look set for a bit of time 
in the Bulldogs starting side. Yeah, both those guys are expected to be out for four to six weeks, which is really good news for the, the two rookies coming in. Um, Abby looks like the better bet at this stage purely on the fact that he's playing fullback, which is a high-scoring position in fantasy, and he's a goal kicker and he's likely to take the goal kicking possibly from this week. So he's going to be a, a very popular buyer, you'd think. Yeah, they do have options there if either of these guys has an absolute mare in their first game or two. They've still got Tyron Phillips and Remus Smith who yeah. could potentially take those spots, but these guys are clearly Death Hasler's first-choice replacements. Um, Brad Abbey, as a fullback and a goal kicker, clearly has better um, scoring opportunity, I think, than Marcelo Montoya, who, um, I mean, as we saw with Braden Burns last week, a rookie wing is no guarantee to do a, a Moses Suley on debut every week. You're going to have some quiet games from these rookie wingers, um, which means definitely Brad Abbey for me would be the, the preference out of those two to get. And uh, Tyler Cornish starting for the Titans. We mentioned him at the top, not to get confused with brother Mitch. He's 138,000 and with Jared Hayne out, could be an extended run for the Gold Coast. Yeah, should get similar game time to uh, Abby and Montoya, um, four to six weeks if he plays well enough to keep his spot. Uh, his major advantage is that he's dual position in fantasy. He's available at half as well, so if you need to trade a half out, he's probably a your man this week. Yeah, he's uh, he's probably a lot easier to get into a few teams with guys like Hingano and Jay Field, who you can just straight swap to a Tyler Cornish without having to move your, your backs around, and that's the position I find myself in. I'm sure other people are in the same spot. Um, one of the issues with Tyler Cornish is that he is predominantly a half. He grew up playing half, much like his brother. Um, our spies up in uh, the Gold Coast tell us that he has been training at fullback through the preseason, which is an encouraging sign, but how he's going to go there. Um, obviously, we saw Jalen Feeney last year try and move from the halves to fullback with um, not a lot of success it's got to be said um, hopefully Tyler Cornish goes a lot better than that um, he's older than I thought he's 22 I, I was thinking he was 19 or 20 but 22 is probably old enough to to mix it he would have been playing the um, the Queensland Cup or the New South Wales Cup the last couple of years so um, used to playing against the big boys and hopefully won't be uh, smashed too badly and uh, Tyrone Robert Davis another one scored 37 last week that's encouraging so he's going to make some cash only 138,000 yeah, he didn't quite get added to fantasy in time for kickoff, so he's in sort of a unique position of having a, a negative break even, but still being 138k, which is nice. Uh, came in for Will Zillman, um, who is back this week, but obviously with Anthony Don out, Robert Davis keeps his spot. Um, then when Anthony Don does come back, which I think still four to six weeks plus away, I'm not sure if it's going to be um, Zillman or Robert Davis that keeps their spot, but I guess they've both got a, a few weeks to state their claim. Yeah, there's a few question marks there, but and he is a. a a rookie winger, which is also a bit of a risk, but uh, the fact that he's already got a decent score under his belt, low break even means he'll at least make good money in the short term. And the other one that we're getting a lot of questions about is Robert Jennings. He's a bit more expensive than the out-and-out cash cows at 164, scored 48. Is he likely to keep that spot at the Rabbitohs? Well, it's such a lottery with the Rabbitohs at the moment. I gave Brad Arthur a rap before. Michael Maguire sort of the other side of that coin. He, um, he dropped Talakai and didn't tell anyone. There were a few whispers on, on Twitter heading in, but we didn't get confirmation until an hour before kickoff that Talakai was actually out. Um, Talakai supposedly dropped for some poor defensive reads in their round one loss to the Tigers. Jennings didn't really do any better in that. Um, department. He had a few bad reads against Manly, especially early on when Manly nailed a few early tries. 
Um, I don't know if his attacking um, stats sort of masked over that defensive performance, but Talakai actually was doing a lot better in the base stats. He got, I think it was a 44 in the yeah. first week, mostly in sort of runs and tackles and tackle breaks, whereas Jennings had the try and line break and all that. And he's he actually, he's not a, a debutant. He's played at Penrith before and he's been more of a high 20s player. So um, whether he can, like obviously Manly um, didn't defend well and he won't be playing Manly every week. So whether he can keep that sort of score up, I don't know. Yeah, he's one where I've, I've looked at his fixtures and the South are playing the Knights this week. So there's a decent chance he gets a few more attacking stats. Another good score, not a big price rise. After that, they have a tough run coming up with the Roosters, Cowboys and Panthers. So if he struggles in defence like Talakai did, he could easily get, get bumped out of the team as well. And I guess the one that most of us have, Jaden Braley, keeps on making money in that hooker role. There are whispers about Seguiara and we've had a lot of questions on that on social media. But at this stage, they're just whispers. It should be a few weeks before Seguiara comes in and from what Gallon and Flanagan have told us, they're really happy with what Jaden's been doing. Yeah, I was out at Cronulla yesterday um, and I had to sit down with Chad Townsend and talked about Jaden Braley with him. And he's um, of the view, that, like his teammates, that they're really happy with Jaden Braley. And he said to me, like, until we hear otherwise, Jaden Braley's our hooker and that's how we want it. We're really happy with him. Um, he's really fit. He's really strong. He, he lifts well above his, his you know, weight in, in the gym. Um, and they're, they're delighted with how he's going so far. Excuse me. Having said that, the whispers are growing a lot louder that Seguiaro is coming back in. There's now talk that he could be official within the next sort of fortnight or so. Um, but the upside there is that Jaden Braley will have made enough money to be a straight swap to Seguiaro by then. Yeah, I think it's a simple case. If he's, if he's in your team already, just hold him. If he's not in your team, don't buy him because of these Seguiaro whispers. Uh, yeah, that's about it. All right, let's look at the flops and Kane Elgie. Everyone sort of had him as the cheap half who was going to make them a lot of cash. He's averaging just 23. He said consistency-wise, he's looking to come back. Obviously, he missed all of last year. And Elliot Whitehead, we touched on before, but he's lost almost 100000 in two weeks because he's been out in the centres. Yeah, well, LG has missed a lot of tackles in the first two weeks. I think it was eight last week and five in the first week. Um, and that's, I mean, even for a small half who's getting targeted, that's above average. So you'd have to think that's going to, you know average out at around three or four at worst. So once those go down, he gets his confidence and match fitness start coming back. He's been breaking quite a few tackles, which is good. Um, once he gets a bit more involved, I really think he um, can be a bit more of a focal point in attack and probably um, average maybe mid-30s. Um, and he, like he's not losing money even scoring as badly as he is. Yeah. So I think it's probably a whole Yeah, I wouldn't panic and trade him out at this point, yeah. certainly with so many other you know, actual missing players this week. Um, yeah, his price can only go up, you would, you would expect from here. The problem with LG at 203, there isn't a lot of other options in that half, especially if you're struggling for cash. There's no one really, other than Tyler Cornish, who we mentioned, there's no one really obvious that you can just go, I'm going to trade him out. You're almost stuck with him. Yeah, I've heard some people, uh, if they have a bit of spare cash, uh, looking to upgrade to someone like Brock Lamb, who uh, was cheap a few weeks ago, is still pretty cheap, scoring mm. regular 40s. Um, Aside from that, there's not a lot of options, as you say. Well, yeah, Brock Lamb's already got a little bit out of reach. He probably, he's probably a bit overpriced for a, a cash cow to start with. He's, he's gone quite well, but he's, he's had two price rises now. And yeah. we've lost, obviously, Jackson and Field. And Hingano isn't doing any better than LG, really. So, yeah, I think just stick with him until you can afford to upgrade to an actual keeper. And we had a lot of questions on Whitehead. He was very popular last year. Uh, been playing in the centres and averaging 10. So he's dropped almost $100,000. People are saying, is it the time to pick him up? I say no, because his break even's almost 192. But in a few weeks' time, with that second row spot, he might be really cheap and a really good option. 
yeah, pick him up once his break even hits more like 50 rather than 90, I think. Yeah, those low scores will weigh down his price for another few weeks yet, so he could be a he could be a must-have in three or four weeks. This round's player in focus. All right, a player that you wanted to focus on this week, Dom, he's uh, going to be my trade of the week, Cohen Hess from the Cowboys, 320000 I had him before round one, and for some reason... The way you make up your team, he got out of my team, and I'm really disappointed. He's back now, but he's break-even of minus three, and with Tamalolo out, he looks like he should get more minutes in that Cowboys team. And if he's running off Thurston, he scored 74 this week. Yeah. So if he's running off Thurston on that right edge, the, the tries might keep coming. Yeah, there's a heap to like about him. He's a, he's a really busy player. He breaks a lot of tackles and, and scores tries. I think he scored, how many tries he scored last year? He's not just two into games this year. Yeah, he scored a few. few. He scored at least three last year. Um, so he's on a, he's on a try scoring streak and he's got a, a couple of reasonably soft games coming up. He's got Manly and Titans, I think, in the next four nights and there's no reason he can't He's not going to score a try every game, but he could score easily double figures this year. Um, he's probably his minutes have been inflated both games, right? So Winnerstein went off injured, and they had to move back back rowers out to the centres, and then obviously Matt Scott last week. So his minutes have been inflated, and Golden Point as well. Um, but like we said, Scott out, Tamalolo out for two weeks. Um, he's going to be a big focal point for them for at least another couple of weeks, and he keeps playing the way that he is. I think he's probably looking at big minutes for the rest of the year. Even off the bench, he's going to come on 20, 25 minutes and probably play out the game. Um, he's got a, a low break even still. He can probably keep making money for a, a considerable stretch, but obviously he's not as cheap as we'd like. Yeah, on the surface, he looks like a great buy. You look at his price, you look at his break even. The fact he scored 74 last week and can score tries. Um, the question marks, yeah, is, is just on that, that minutes question. Um, I think in round one, so last week he played 75 minutes, I think, with all yeah. those injuries. Round one, I think he played 35, um, which is probably low-ish, but they've got a lot of you know, quality players in that Cowboys pack. Um, both, uh, he, scores, so he scored tries in both games, so that's inflated his score a little bit. So round one, without that try, he would have scored mid-30s. So that's the fear is if even if he goes great in the next two weeks with no Tamalolo in the Cowboys team, if he goes back to 35 minutes a game, scores 35 points a week, then his price won't be. It'll come back down to close to what it is now. So, I mean, there's nothing to lose with him, um, and he certainly a, a, looks like a star in the making. So, if anything, his minutes going to go back up. But he's not a complete 100% must buy in my book. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, there's probably a few too many question marks around his minutes and whether it can keep it up to actually rush him into my team. Maybe if he keeps it up for another six weeks, I might end up just swapping one of my peaked back row cash cows if, if he looks like he's going to maintain keeper status. But yeah, I probably don't think I'd quite be rushing into him at this point. He still is a bench forward, so yeah. usually if, if someone's not base price, you don't get many bench forwards into your fantasy team. Although at the time of recording, he might move into that second row now that Tamalolo's been out. We don't know what he's yeah. going to do there. But you'd think when Tamalolo comes back, uh, yep. I mean, yep. look, who knows? He could play his way into the starting team by then as well. Doesn't it, I mean, he's working so well off the bench as well. I don't yeah. know if they're really going to want to have him out there starting when he can come on just before half time and really start causing havoc as well. Fan questions from the hashtag, yeah. All right, let's get into the hashtag questions that people have sent in using hashtag NRL Fantasy. Uh, B Puck wants to know if Burgess keeps scoring mid 40s, if Sam Burgess, I'm assuming he's talking about Sam, he doesn't specify, but if Sam Burgess keeps scoring mid 40s, how long do you hold Sam before you bite the bullet and get rid of him? Or do you just hold him, you pick him as a keeper, hoping his scores will improve? 
He scored 42 and then 48. Yeah, 48 is pretty much a 50, isn't it? Yeah. You, you hold on. People have if, been burned. If you're playing before. grade cricket, a 40 is exactly. Good. But exactly. In fantasy, is it good enough? I think you've got to hold for now. I mean, he's, he's a proven uh, gun in the past. People got burned last year by uh, Trent Murren, um, who had a similar kind of slowish start to the year, probably worse even, and then was scoring 50s and 60s. Uh, I think Sam Burgess himself started a bit slow last year and then hit a bunch of 60s at the end of the year, so I certainly wouldn't be selling just yet. That 42 in round one, I'm pretty sure he had double-figure demerits, didn't he? At least eight or ten demerits sure. in errors and missed tackles. Um, played bad and still got 42, up to 48 week two. I see him getting 50s week three. I'm not concerned at all about Sam Burgess. I mean, he's got a few penalties in his game, but you, you take those with his big scores as well. Yeah, well, he, he busted out a 99 middle of last year. He's certainly got those big games in him. And even that 99, I think, had 20 demerits yeah. in it. So, That's right. Yeah. Uh, we've got a question here. What to do with Talakai, who's 197, I think we mentioned him, and Sione Matautia as well. Um, Talakai, I think ideally is probably a hold for now, just because, like we mentioned before, Robert Jennings wasn't a, a huge improvement in the defensive um, yep. side of things. He does have another soft game this week, which might pop over the cracks. Talakai still got a low break even. Almost, I'd almost guarantee he's going to play another game between now and Origin, if not sooner. Um, it may not pan out that way if South end up stringing a few wins together, but um, he's not expensive enough that you're going to make a bunch of cash out of him if you sell him either. Um, we've talked about a lot of the, the cash cows coming in, so if you really want to get one of them and you don't have any better candidates to sell, I wouldn't blame anyone for selling him, but I don't think he's an urgent sell. Yeah, and you mentioned Sione Matadia in there as well, a definite hold, yeah. I think. I mean, playing in your centres, if he gets 30s and 40s in the odd 50, that's great. That's all you, all you need. Well, he got 44 round one, and then even the 33 odd that he scored last week was an improvement on what he was priced at coming into round one. Yeah, no dramas there. Yeah. All right, final question this week using the hashtag NRL Fantasy is from It's Don C. He's new to NRL Fantasy after playing that other game, and he wants to ask about buying basement rookies. Do you give them a game or two to have a look at them, or do you give it a risk for the biscuit and buy them straight up? <laughs> So I think he's probably asking because player prices change straight away yes. rather than after three games for new players. So um, the, the good thing is you can afford to give them a week, I think, or two. Um, prices don't move that much early on. They kind of increase as players get a few big scores under their belt. So you don't have to rush in a new player. If you're looking at a Brad Abbey this week and aren't convinced, you can wait a week, see how he goes, bring him next week if you can afford to... You know, not if you don't have players, you need to trade out straight away. Basically, I mean, yeah, but the, the salary cap is tight, right? So if you've got a you know a Moses Suley or a, a Robert Jennings, and you think you're going to want them in the, in your team, and they score a fifty on debut, they're going to go up thirty grand. So that's thirty grand of price rises that you've missed out. So there is a reward there for jumping on early, um, but the flip side, obviously, to that is you get a rush in a, a Braden Burns or someone who is only going to score your tens, and you you know you've you've wasted a trade yeah. on someone. And the other advantage is you get more value out of the. If you sell a cash cow for another one and you, the guy you bring in is base price, you make a bigger profit than if you had you know, brought in a guy for 160 or something. Yeah, exactly. Ideally, you sort of skip from cash cow to cash cow. You get a guy, you get six weeks of price rises out of him and then round six, someone else debuts and you just sell that sort of semi-peaked cash cow for a new cash cow. But yeah, to answer the question, yes, there is more reward for, for risking it straight away, but obviously the risks are greater as well. I guess a point on that, obviously you don't trade 
out Tommy Turbo after a bad one week and trade in Tedesco and then lose 50 points like I did last week. You'd have to be absolutely mad to sell Tommy Turbo after one week. I don't. I don't uh, think we need to talk about this. Oh anymore. wait, okay, there's two on. other guys in the room who did that. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Just ignore everything you say. <laughs> so trade, trade rage is real and it can hurt you. Well, that's about a wrap for the episode of NRL Fantasy Podcast. Remember to get involved at fantasy.nrl.com. You can follow us on Twitter at andrewbrown321, at dom underscore brock, and at ckennedy80. And if you have a question, get in. Get involved. Use the hashtag, hashtag NRL Fantasy. CK will be back doing his videos on NRL.com, so you can hit him up there. Uh, you get all the latest news at NRL.com, and there's some great games coming up in round three, so enjoy your footy. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast.